I am. I'm always nervous. Live TV is, is a, is um, live TV is um, a ucker. Yeah. No, it is. It is when you're singing live. You can't make any mistakes. You can't make any mistakes. You can't make any mistakes. You're listening to MLBC, the Madonna podcast, taking a deeper and deeper dive into all things Madonna, past, present, and future. Hey guys, it's Stefan here live from Paris, France. Hey guys, it's Tony, and I am in Brooklyn, New York, and I am to have and not to hold. How's it going, Tony? How, how's your weekend treating you? It's uh, actually going well today. Um, it's a nice sunny day out. Went out for breakfast, went to the gym. No, Can't complain, not- and now we're recording, and I'm very excited. Yeah, sorry, I apologize. I was a little late getting on the call today. I was out watching the sights and sounds of Paris, and on my walk to the Eiffel Tower, I got a little lost coming back on the metro, and now I'm I'm safe and sound, back in the hotel. (laughs) I would not be too upset about getting lost in Paris, but... It, it was it was quite nice, I must say. Yeah, I was uh, I was I sort of just lost track of time, and then I got on one train going the wrong direction, and I had to loop back and double back and blah blah blah. Paris Metro is a little bit more confusing than the New York City subway system, but far more efficient and clean. Yeah, and once you get it, once you get the nuances, you're good to go. So, yeah. are you walking around Paris with some kind of an emotional hangover from the Eurovision performance last night? So, I, you know, I was, I, I was, I caught the beginning of the show. Uh, I had dinner with my friend and her husband, uh, her boyfriend who lives in Paris, and we were watching the beginning of the show in her apartment. And then I, because it was going rather long, I decided to walk back to my hotel to catch the rest of it. And I was passing. Lots of bars and restaurants. No one had the show on, and I was quite surprised because I thought that Eurovision was going to sort of be everywhere in Europe, but uh, I saw no signs of it anywhere, which I was was rather surprised. But I got back home in time to catch Azerbaijan, who I thought should have been the the winner of Eurovision, but they did not. And I I don't know if you saw the, the guy who sings the... The song from Azerbaijan, but he's 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 quite hot, and it's a very catchy song, sort of upbeat and very Euro dance. And um, funnily enough, when I was watching the Azerbaijan performance, all I could think of was, "See, people respond well to a dance song, Madonna. Why why are you not giving us a dance song yet?" Um, but that's neither here nor there because we, we we're getting what we get, and um, but. Eurovision performance. What did you think? Well, um... it was a lot. I thought there was a lot to unpack. Uh, I thought there was, um, I mean, she, they made us wait till the very, very end of the program, um, which was fine. I mean, Eurovision's entertaining, but um, you did see the performance, right? Did you catch it live, or did you have to watch it after the fact? I caught it, like, maybe 20 minutes afterwards. Um, you did say it's a lot to unpack. Well, I kind of wish that suitcase would have been left locked, you know? Oh, uh, oh Yeah, it, it's like that. So, yeah. So, explain. She comes out, starts out with Like a Prayer, very promising, even though it's the exact same staging as the Met Ball last year, which yes. I guess is okay because, you know, only a thousand people were at the Met Ball, right? Which is why I had, when I had 
heard or seen that that's what she was doing. You know, like, uh, uh, my friend Rob had said, oh, her styling looks the same. She's using the same robes and the same entrance. And I was like, well, she did that with the uh, Sticky and Sweet Tour, you know, like her performance at Roseland and all, all those little pr- promo shows that she did. It was the same type of thing. You know, she had sort of done the same stick and opening, but it was now just on a grander scale for the Sticky and Sweet Tour. So I, I was kind of okay with that. I wasn't because it was a year later. <laughs> mm-hmm. sort of like she had all this time to come up with something else uh yeah especially for like a prayer which you know it's 30 years of this song this album coming out and and there are you know a million things she could have done to reinvent that track but you know i digress so she starts to sing she opens her mouth and she's off tune for the entire song yeah so there was a myriad of emotions that were sort of running through my head as i was watching it because i was like oh my god are you kidding me after this big hyped performance she comes out and now she's not even on the correct tune and i was a little like okay maybe she'll fix it you know like she just started off a little warbly for the most part i felt like she was sort of okay for the rest of the performance, but some of the higher notes she was having, it seems she was having problems hitting. I'm also not certain if she had enlisted auto tune and it wasn't working or the person quit halfway through. Who was Yeah. He just like, I'm, I, I quit this bitch. I'm done. You know? And, and in the middle of, you know, engineering her, uh, her big Eurovision performance. But yeah, I mean, it just did not sound good. I, I don't know what she was thinking. I feel like she was trying to keep it together, if you will, but it just didn't, it just didn't, it didn't come off. You know, there was no, there wasn't, there wasn't any, any palpable energy. It was just kind of like Madonna going through the motions, doing a performance she's done before. And, I was kind of just speechless looking at it like, oh, God, you know, not so much that I didn't like it because who am I, but what people are going to say and what I got to deal with now, you know? Yeah, I mean, I was a little disappointed when I heard that she was going to be doing like a prayer just because, as you and I have stated before, she sort of traps that song out all the time. Mm -hmm. And but then when I realized because they had done that interview with her right before her performance and the uh, announcer had mentioned the 30th anniversary of like a prayer. And I was like, Oh, right. That's right. I forgot that it was. And so it was, then I was kind of like, okay, that's nice that they're including the song. But like you said, I feel like although the Met Gala performance of that song was nice, she did have enough time to sort of come up with something where if she was going to honor it as the 30th anniversary, let's yeah. Reinvent it something a little different. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it was just because it's been 30 years and there's a whole new generation of people out there who might not know the song as unbelievable as that sounds. Yeah. They decided to do a bit more faithful to the original version. So that way people who hadn't heard it would be like, Oh wow, that sounds like a really great song. Let me go find that back catalog song. And they then it gets a little bit more love. Whereas if they had done something that was completely new and it was amazing, anybody who'd never heard it would go to the original and be like, well, this isn't what I heard on Eurovision. I don't know. I, again, just hypothesizing. Could, yeah, could, could I, be, could not be. But um, 
Yeah, I think the major thing when she started that and she was off tune for that first, I mean, literally like within the first five seconds or so, um, I was like, oh no, Madonna, here we go. Like, just because I feel like sometimes she has these huge momentous performances in front of a large audience like the Brit Awards or the Super Bowl and you just want everything to go completely flawless so that nobody complains or gives her shit and then something like that happens um and people are still giving her shit about you know blah, blah, blah. she was off tune or whatnot did you see darren hayes uh he um for those of you who don't know darren hayes he was in that uh 90s band savage garden and now he's a solo artist um and he's but, also a huge madonna fan Yes, huge Madonna fan, and he tweeted, he must have been reading some of the flack that she was getting online, and he tweeted about how, you know, guys, give her a break, you know, she probably had a bad muffled sound coming to her earpiece, and when you're on stage, that earpiece is the only way you can hear what you have to sing with, and he's like, if she was getting a crappy feed, she was making the most of it, he's like, it's happened to me, it's happened to every performer who ever uses an earpiece and he's like, you know, the fact that she's still getting up there and gives a shit to perform after 30 years is something that we should be proud of, not ripping her down because she had a bad moment. I mean, how many singers have sang off tune who don't even dance? You know what I mean? Like Mariah Carey, she goes out to just sing, not move and dance and perform. And she still can't land a note. Yeah, but this this is an international performance. I mean, you know, she's been there since Tuesday rehearsing and I just don't I don't buy this one. You know, I don't buy this one. It's Yeah, I mean I was, again I was disappointed uh in that. But then I felt like it got very interesting. I thought that little spoken word moment where she was coming down the stairs um was was interesting. There was definitely some I, I don't remember exactly what she was talking about, but I don't either. <laughs> I, I know there was some sort of message going on there, and then, um, and then we moved into future uh, with Quavo, and I loved this. So we'll get to the song in a second. Yeah, I loved the staging of future. I thought the the moment when all of them were standing in that one line and their arms all shot out at different. Yeah different areas. I thought that was great. Um, the way that she sort of like, they fanned out into a triangle. It gave me flashbacks, a very blonde ambition tour moment where they were sort of like, where her and the dance troupe always used to gather together and move across the stage. Um, I loved the costumes, the, all the masks, the sort of like gas masks that some of them were wearing gave me like drown world tour, impressive instant, you know, flashbacks. And, um, I just, but all that to say, I thought Quavo was very low energy on the on the stage when he came out. I just, he, I don't really feel like he added anything to the no. performance. No, I, I feel like there were a lot of good intentions with that performance, as you mentioned, with the choreography and and just yeah, like this, you know, the the use of the stage. But I don't feel like it came off. You know, I feel like there was mm-hmm. there was no oomph in that. Um, Quavo came out and, and I feel like, you know, he, he got flown out there, uh, put up in a hotel and he just kind of showed up. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I, I actually was wondering if it was just that he was massively stoned because I know Madonna had posted a clip of him and she had, I think, her little caption on Instagram. There's a story, I believe, where she was like, Madame X is also a, a costume designer. And in that clip, Quavo is literally exhaling a huge billow of white smoke. And I'm like, oh, he's probably just smoking pot while he's you know, rehearsing and whatnot, and there's nothing Madonna could do about it. So I was just wondering, I'm like, maybe it was just that he was stoned during, during the show. And yeah, it's funny that you say that there was nothing Madonna could do about it, because back in the day she'd kick people out, but now <laughs> now she's like, well, you can stay if you want to smoke. Right. Just right. make sure you're there at call time, you know? Yeah, but she's yeah, just, just happy that he's there. After the, these performances, I went on to Euro Twitter, I went on to American Twitter, I saw everything and none of it was good Um, no there was a lot of vitriol uh, about her after that performance i've seen comments on facebook and instagram and twitter and these are not just like random strangers Mm -hmm. you know like non-madonna fans like these are like hardcore madonna fans yeah especially hardcore european madonna fans which you know i i tend to put on a higher echelon than Americans because I feel like they are more invested musically and they're more invested you know I'm not I'm not discounting anyone but I, that's that's my impression of like you know the European Madonna fans they're just they just take it to the next level you know they're a bit more kind than Americans have been of her in the past and Unknown have always sort of like loved her a little bit more passionately I, I i would say not saying that american fans don't but like just she's always gotten less less slack from the europeans than the americans yeah but, they've always been a little bit more forgiving i would say but not and not yesterday what what were you seeing uh, you know, they were talking about the auto-tune guy getting fired you know it was a lot of jokes around the lack of auto-tune uh, there are a lot of jokes about careers ending in the span of minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of like, I guess, European Union inside jokes that I didn't get, but the gist of it was Madonna sucks. You know. Well, now I so I loved. I thought the performance was great. I uh, overall, like over, there obviously there's you can nitpick anything about you know. Uh, a longer performance and say, oh, I didn't like this, or I didn't like that, or her sound sounded terrible, or whatnot. I I mean, I respected that she went out there and, you know, tried to deliver a solid vocal performance for, like, a prayer. Regardless of whatever went wrong, she still aimed to do that, because I was wondering, I'm like, as I was watching Eurovision, I thought, there is no way in hell that half these people are singing live and moving and dancing the way that they are and still sounding so perfectly on pitch and exactly. not breathless and not breathless at all. You know, and I was like, and then Madonna comes out and I thought she was just going to sing. She was just going to lip sync like everybody else. And then she doesn't. And then that happens. But I was like, well, at least she's singing live and we know she's singing live. So there's that. But then she did lip sync the rest of the number. As soon as she started doing the spoken word and then into future, it was all lip synced. Yeah. I mean, I think with Future, she did have some live vocals, but the backing track was completely prominent and was sort of covering off her 
her, you know, her live vocals. And I was like, that's a strange choice to sing live for the first part and not for the second part. And I, I was like, maybe, yeah. maybe something was, there was something there with that. I, I don't, I don't quite know, but I, mean, I, I was like, sound design was terrible all around. I mean, in both songs, uh, especially like a prayer in future, it seemed as if the production values were getting better. And then they did, they did not, they, they never improved. Yeah. I, but, um, I do like how your vision recorded her performance as I was watching it. I just thought, now see, they know how whoever was directing that live performance, uh, the, the, the Eurovision program, mm-hmm. they knew how to, they knew how to record a performance. All of those performances were like the angles, oh, the, yeah. how they, they would actually stay on her and let us watch her perform, which lately now, I mean, and even her most recent concert films are, are guilty of this. There's so much contrived graphics and quick cuts and sped up and slowed down moments in this act that you don't really get to see what she's doing in the performance because you're just seeing all of this other stuff. I was very happy we didn't see any, like, cuts to people in the audience during the performance. We actually got to see what she was doing. You know, like when I was watching her at the Grammys, the, the, the whoever directs the Grammys, and I get it, it's a big show, but so is Eurovision. And I thought the Eurovision performances were filmed beautifully. Whereas the Grammy performance, I was like, just let me see what she's doing. Stop yeah. cutting away or stop cutting here. Yeah, the same thing at Billboard. It's full of distractions. They want to show you who's in the audience, who's doing what, who's not doing what. And it's like, can we just focus on the stage and the actual choreography? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I do. And so her and Quavo go up the stairs and... Um, I did actually think that that was a cool moment watching everyone drop off or drop off the back. I was like, I wonder how they're timing this so that way people don't land on top of each other. At that point, I was just glad it was over. You know, and the, the thing is, is that this was supposed to be a political statement. And, you know, we didn't really see that because we were focused on how inept everything came off sounding and that 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 was a shame i thought you know wait well i mean her i think her lasting message you know wake up yeah um was was there for us so that was very i'm not quite sure if she was talking to us about like what she was asking us to wake up from. I think that was the biggest question I had. Um, no it's, also, she's saying wake up to israel wake up to palestine you know she you know, pulled that old chestnut out from confession store where she's got, you know, the Jew and the Arab holding hands or, you know, walking together. And I had missed that flag moment. I, I saw that. I saw that this morning and I was like, Oh, I didn't even notice the flags. I mean, it's uh, a which... great message and that's an amazing platform to do that from. But like I said, it was just, you know, everything was distracted away from that by everything else. But, you know, Madonna always has the last word because this morning on her Instagram story, there is a quote from Aristotle that she posted, and it very succinctly states, there is only one way to avoid criticism. Do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, go out there and try. If you fall flat on your face, at least you were up there, you know? Well, but 
So although I was happy with the performance, um, I think that the brightest shining star of that performance was thinking, I have hope now for the Madame X tour because of how she constructed future and the choreography and the costuming and whatnot. I thought this bodes well for what she'll do in the Madame X tour. And fortunately I will be going to the Madame X tour because I got my ticket confirmation email uh, just yesterday when I landed in Paris, I flew onto Wi-Fi and there it was saying, congratulations, you're going to Madonna. And I was cheering for joy in French. You know, I was like, ooh la la. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, did, did you get your ticket confirmation? Uh, no, time? I didn't get a ticket confirmation. And I also didn't receive a confirmation saying I did not get tickets. Um, I got a text from a friend this morning who sent me a copy of his letter of refusal. It just says, we're sorry, your request was not confirmed. Go fuck yourself. No. Um, yes, I, I have. So can we, can we dive into the, the Madame X? Yeah. Well, well, I, 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 I don't want to say ticket fiasco, but I, no, I think I, it's also, I think it's appropriate to just call it a ticket fiasco at this point. No, I mean, I prefer to call it the pain, the pathos, the pressure of getting Madame X tickets. You know? Yeah, because now, I, I mean, I don't want us to make it sound like we're harping on all of the negativity out of, out of all of this, because I'm sure there are some reasons for why the process was done. You know, like, hey, let's, whoever put this plan together thought, hey, if we have people do ticket requests, it, we can verify the people who are requesting the tickets and then that way we know they're not you know scalper ticket bots uh trying to you know scoop up all of the good seats and then sell them for thousands and thousands of dollars online and this way just fans will be able to go and um and all of that i completely agree with i love the idea of avoiding scalpers getting their hands on the good seats and you know being Madonna fans, you get to go see her in an intimate performance or whatnot. I'm not however, sure that's what happened. However, <laughs> I I think there's been a lot, like the way that the ticket confirmations rolled out all at different times was, I think, a bit unnerving because there was a lot of people who got ticket confirmations on Wednesdays and Thursday of this past week. I had not gotten any, so here I am thinking, fuck, I'm not going to be able to go. Luckily, one of my friends was like, I have, an, I have a spare ticket. I got mine, and my friend got a pair of tickets, so definitely you're going. But it was still kind of, I was still a little burned by it because I thought, well, what what happened to my ticket request? You know, like, yeah. where, why, why haven't I gotten, am, am I just not getting an email, or am I, you know, like, it was just, it was sort of frustrating that, I mean... I hadn't heard either which way, so I thought, and a lot of people were talking me off the ledge saying, it, it, it'll be fine, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. And I was just like, well, but what, what was the deal? Um, yeah, from Wednesday night through Friday afternoon, I was getting, I, I counted, I got 14 text messages, I mean, text messages from 14 different people 
uh, from LA and New York telling me that they got their tickets and asking me where mine were and where I was sitting. And I was just like, with each text, I was getting more and more furious. And, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to, to say that I really started spiraling. I got really upset because I'm like, what, what did I do wrong? You know, I thought mm-hmm. I was supposed to do, I, I'm not hearing anything either way. I'm not getting a confirmation. I'm not getting a, you know, I'm not getting an email saying I'm not going either. And then when I started to look at what StubHub had tickets for, I really lost it because, you know, a $200 ticket uh, bought through Madonna is now costing $1,000. And that's with like limited, you know, limited view. I just. Oh, yeah. When I hadn't heard anything, I, I, I flew on to StubHub and there are like close up orchestra seats selling for as high. Like, I think I saw something for like 12 to $18,000 a ticket. Yeah. I saw that too. And yeah. And I, and I thought to myself, okay, so this was meant to be tickets for fans, but yet there's tickets on StubHub selling for $12,000. And I'm like, that just like, to me, it seems like, if they were trying to avoid scalpers or non-Madonna fans getting their seats, they've now failed because I saw actual like hardcore Madonna fans on online chiming in saying they have not gotten tickets and how upset and disgruntled they are. And I thought, well, why are they not getting tickets, but people who got tickets are now selling them for $12,000. And I get they're trying to make some money, whoever those people are, but clearly they're not Madonna fans if they're not going to go. True. Yeah, I mean, I... I yeah, I, I don't even know what to say. There's there's people going that have no business going, but that's just me and my, uh, my personal vendetta against, you know, non-Madonna fans taking up space (laughs) yeah i mean i guess it's just there's people with general interest and people hopping on the oh we'll be able to make a quick tick a quick buck off this ticket so let let me try and get you know and then they they request it and they get it and then they sell it and there's nothing that madonna's people can do about it but i i just sort of felt like maybe there's uh, there was a better way than how they and i you know when i hadn't heard that I was getting tickets yet. I was done with Madonna. You know, I was, I was like, how dare she not let me have a ticket. You were done with Madonna. You were done with Madonna. I was ready to cancel the podcast. Never listen to Madame X, no matter how tempting it seemed. (laughs) Never talk of Madonna again. Never say her name out loud again. It was, I was, I was, I, I, I said, you know, I'm sorry. We're we're gonna have to go our separate ways now. <laughs> I'm I'm done with you. Uh, yeah, it's I. Uh, I was even playing uh, playlists of all her breakup songs. I was like, "This is you and me right now, lady." <laughs> oh, I'm not I'm not laughing at your pain, but I'm like, I, but I know what you mean. Like I was sitting there, like sort of in disbelief, thinking, "I can't believe all these other people who." made ticket requests, got tickets, and I did not. I'm like, I fucking danced on stage with the woman, and I have a Madonna podcast about the woman, and I still can't get tickets? And I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, 
something needs to be done. I don't know what. Something needs to be done, but um, there's got to be there's got to be a better way. <laughs> ultimately, I laughed at the absurdity of it all. I went to sleep early on Friday night. Woke up Saturday morning with a new attitude, and you know a renewed interest in Madame X. So you know, it, so you're you're back on the Madonna train. I'm back on the Madonna train, but I am very skeptical right now. Don't well, like I said, Tony, I, I I got my tickets, mm-hmm. so we're, we're we're definitely going. We don't have to. Uh, you can. Step up back in, back off that ledge. Come, come, come inside. Come inside the apartment. You're fine. You're, uh, you're, you, you will be seeing the Madame X tour. So that's that's all that matters. From your mouth to God's ears. So- I don't. I can't vouch you. So you've been at the venue. At you've been at BAM. Yes, I have. And is it like? Uh, I think we're row S in the orchestra. Or, or is that super far back? Or is it just like? Is it like a Broadway theater? Type it's like of a Broadway style? theater. Like let's say. A Broadway house slash opera house, like the, you know, the Metropolitan Opera. So it goes back a long way, and then it goes up all the, all the way to the top. So we'll mm-hmm. be in the back of the house almost, and, you know, that's fine. It's, it's, I think it's ultimately better than being in the back of a balcony. Yeah, 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 that's what I figured. Um, all right, so we'll, uh, I'll make sure I wear my glasses. Yeah. So um, I was reading an article last week uh, where they... Polestar interviewed Arthur Vogel, who is the man who's overseen Madonna's tours for the last 18 years, and he's now uh, Live Nation's president of global touring. And he pretty much gave us all the information we needed about Madame X. Um, Outside of Los Angeles, New York, and Chicago, we are pretty much only getting in the United States... uh, the Miami show, the Vegas show, Boston show, and Philly show. And those are going to be two or three nights at the most. They're not doing extended runs like they did in the big three cities. And outside of that, there's the three shows in Europe, and that's it for the Madame X tour. So I see this more as an exhibition than a tour. And I think you're, I, you know, the, uh, the news that there would be a Netflix special seems to make much more sense now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that this is being theatrically positioned, I, I feel like this is going to go out on a, you know out on a bigger, wider scale. Otherwise, I would see Madonna doing all the major capital cities in the world, right? I mean, right. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, the fact that she'd only be doing that small amount of tour of dates in such a limited amount of cities uh, is is strange. I, I find what's stranger is the cities that she's chosen, um, mostly just because she's going to Philadelphia, which, I mean, uh, that's my hometown. I'm happy that she's going there, but it's strange that she's picked Philadelphia at all. Like, I, don't, I don't think so at all. I mean, when she did the girly show and only did Detroit, New York, and Philadelphia, I feel yeah. like maybe Philadelphia is a place she loves to perform in. Uh, Live Aid in 1985 was a huge, you know, global performance for her, one of her first. I just never know. I mean, I agree. Like, I, I feel like she does favor Philadelphia, but I'm always curious as to why she favors Philadelphia. It's, Listen, don't question it. It's your hometown. She yeah, loves it. Like you love I, it enough. Yeah, I, I always get good seats when I see her in Philadelphia. I, I, I'm probably going to try to get seats to see her in Philadelphia for Madame X. So, 
who, who knows? You know, it's uh, maybe uh, I'll, I'll have good seats again. I'm, I'm not quite sure, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. So I mean, she likes to go there. I mean, you know, the way but, that yeah, I look at it, you're like the hometown girl when it comes to Philadelphia shows. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's 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 strange. I mean, I, I feel for for all of our worldwide listeners on this podcast. I you know I feel for I, my friends. I feel your pain who are who are not going to be able to go. You know, people in. Asia or South America or my Canadian friends. Yeah. I I mean, or they're just, they're being ridiculous. Her people and assuming that people are going to like those travel packages. They're outrageously priced, but I guess they figure, well, people fly to Las Vegas to see people do their residencies. Why, why wouldn't people fly across the country or around the world to go see Madonna at these shows? But I think the difference is that the venue size is dramatically smaller than it would be at a Vegas performance, right? How how big are those Vegas shows? The Vegas shows, I mean, she's she's supposed to be performing at the Coliseum in Caesar's Palace, which is where Celine performed all these years. And it's about the same as, you know, a Broadway house, so it'd be about 2000 seats, maybe 1000. Oh, that's it? Yeah, it's not it's not huge. No. Oh, so those like those Vegas venues are not like so. Britney Spears Vegas show was not like in uh, Madison like Square Garden. Britney was probably bigger. It was probably about five, but I don't think they get any bigger than ten. So it's tiny. Yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, sorry. Side note. I wouldn't yes, say po- tiny. I'd say scaled down. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say yes. Podcast listeners, I have never gone to a Vegas residency show. I just uh, there has never been a draw for me to go. Janet Jackson has been the one person I had considered going to, but I, because Janet started her show this year and I said, no, Stefan, Madonna's going on tour. Save your pennies. Mm-hmm. Janet lost out. So plus I'd already seen Janet a couple times in the last, the last two years. So I was like, I'll, I'll save it for Madonna. Well, I'm hoping to see Donnie and Marie before their smash hit residency ends in November. Stop. <laughs> they do not have a residency. Are you kidding me? It's been the top selling show in Vegas for the last 10 years. Donnie Marie Osmond. That's right, my idols. <laughs> they never let me That's... down. They never they trip me up with like complicated ticketing scams. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just kind of like we need to run into Guy Osiri one day and uh, and slap him. Well, no, just ask him or you know, like, yeah. hey, is there a better method we can come up with for the next tour? So that way, fans aren't you know, like there's got to be some sort of well, okay, but what we are forgetting. There is going to be a ticket lottery, so, um, I, and I don't think they've revealed sort of how that ticket lottery is going to work, but there are going to be like ten ten dollar tickets or something for the show. Yeah, and we'll we'll keep you posted on this because you know we're also going to be trying to see multiple shows. I mean, I don't want to be greedy, but I do like seeing multiple shows when possible, just to see it from different angles. Just hell yeah, yeah. Especially hear. those those ten dollar tickets are like front row or something. Yeah, you got that. Yeah, seriously. I'm not going to be sleeping out overnight like I did for some of the, the, the Roseland show I went to, but I, I will definitely... Yeah, we're too old for that shit. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I need a bed. Madonna should give us a drink with a ticket, you know? <laughs> or just like, I mean, do we get anything with the with the concert ticket? Is there any Madame X swag that we get, like a t-shirt or something? You get the album if you uh, The album again? Yeah. I, I have like five physical copies of an album yeah. I, don't, I don't need. Don't, you need know. don't want it. Hey, let's talk about Future. That came out on Friday officially. Yes, and... It's a Diplo um, track, so it 
has that major laser dance hall vibe. Yes, very reggaeton, very... Uh, well, I the way I, when I first heard it, literally I thought if Illuminati and Unapologetic Bitch had a baby, it would be Future. Oh, that's Because there, yeah. there was just something about her vocal quality in um, If Everyone Keeps Living for the Future, it, the, sort of like that little robotic voice that she was talking in the song yeah. so like that sort of like remind me of um the little speeches the little lists that she rants off in illuminati you know like it's not jay-z or beyonce um and then i thought the the sort of tropical vibe was very unapologetic bitch yeah i actually was thinking it was like unapologetic bitch meets why is it so hard while on edibles in atlanta with the migos crew you know mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's pretty much what we got. I like the, I thought the lyrics are really great. You know, it's sort of, it, the message was kind of very um, akin to iconic from Rebel Heart in terms of like, you know, like um, everybody has a spark. Um, I also thought it was sort of like harkening back to one of your favorite uh, tracks of Madonna, Spotlight. Yeah, Spotlight. You know, everybody has a star. You know who you are. It's just, you know, just I thought it was like a... Well, and I also thought the lyrics were sort of very poignant about her right now as an artist in the space where, um, you know, not everyone is headed to the future. You know, like, she's basically saying, look at all of these past icons. This This is how I'm interpreting it. Madame did not call me up and be like, Stefan, this is what future is about. But I sort of feel like she's reflecting on the fact that, you know, how many of these iconic eighties people that were around when she started George Michael, Michael Jackson, uh, Whitney Houston, Prince, all of those people are gone. They're not around anymore. And Madonna still is. She's, she's still trucking. She's still doing her thing. Um, regardless of how much flack her fans are giving her right now, she's still doing it for them. Yeah. And, um, I just thought it was inter- like an interesting sort of message, um, yeah, empowering at the same time. Yeah, I was kind of reading into it. It's like, you know, we're heading into unknown territory and you better be a hard-ass bitch or you're not going to make it in the future, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to be tough. It's like, it's like being 60. You've been through it all and you, you made it. So uh, you're just hoping everyone can keep up with you, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, we've, we've said it before in this podcast, and we'll say it again. Still waiting for that. Still anthemic, waiting for that big banger. That big, huge dance song that, or not even just a big dance song, although that's what I'm waiting for, mm-hmm. personally. I mean, I, I am always waiting. Right. Whenever there's a new Madonna album coming out, I am always waiting for that big, huge Madonna dance song. Right, me um, too. And like I say, it's like, it doesn't have to be the song you like, but it has to be the song that I can, like, kind of wrap myself up like it's a nice, warm blanket and, and I can feel fine that I'm in Madonna's world again, you know? I just want one. And, uh, I mean, I want the song to be as definitive of this era as some of the past main songs have been, you know, like, sorry, don't tell me, mm-hmm. 
girl gone wild or just when you hear the song that's what you think of when you think of the of the era well and don't tell me makes an appearance in future yes <laughs> uh, i do i do like that little nod to oh well she's always been doing fun stuff like sampling herself and re, re, reusing lyrics and um which i like it sort of adds flavor and and fun to her catalog but yeah future to me is not uh, yet again, not that big, huge song that everyone's expecting. And unfortunately, I feel like the four songs that we've gotten off of Madame X so far have really been distancing fans. I, I mean, I've had friends of mine texting me saying, I do not like any of this new music. And, you know, after four songs, to not have a song that you like off the album, it's disconcerting. You know, like, I mean, I like all of them, but I don't, I was going to say, I don't love all of them. However, all day today, I've been wandering around singing future in my head. Like it's just been stuck with me. There's something about the hook and whatnot. And I was like, okay, well it's stuck in my head. So there's something catchy about it, which to me is a success. You know, it's, yeah. I just think that maybe, you know, maybe because we didn't get a video with it or, but I mean, we got a performance with it. And I think the performance might help the song with some listeners who the hell knows. Yeah. But, I've had, I've had several, you know, longtime Madonna stands tell me after future that they're done, that this is it, you know, kind of like the same feelings I was having because of the Madame X ticketing situation, but it wasn't so much about the music. It was just exasperation from mm-hmm. everything all at once. You know, if, if that song that I really wanted to hear had come out on Friday, then I would have had a different feeling maybe. Yeah. It would have cushioned the blow, if you will, you know? Yeah. And however, to, to those fans who are, are beleaguered and flagging in their fandom to Madonna, I, I would, I would say this and I'll say this to you as well, Tony. Remember that there's about 18 total songs that she's putting out for this album, whether it be on Deluxe or so forth and so on. And I venture to say out of the other 14 tracks that we haven't gotten yet, there must be, has to be, at least one anthemic Madonna song that you're going to love. Like, I think about MDNA, and when that album came out, I loved Girl Gone Wild, but then some of the other songs I was not as enthused about. Turn Up the Radio was disappointing to me because I loved the the demo more than I loved her finished version. And there were just some songs that like just weren't doing it for me. But then Beautiful Killer was on there, and that's one of my favorite songs from that era. And nothing was done with that. There was no... I mean, she did that one kick-ass performance in, in France, and... That was it. That's all we got of that. But that might happen with Madame X. You know, we might have that beautiful killer hiding in wait, and we won't be getting that until the album comes out. You never know. You never know. But do I feel like that's a successful album rollout, not putting out the best material first? No, no. I do not. No, she's trying to, Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. She's trying to appeal to different people, different, uh, you know, taste settings. But I, I don't hear anyone saying this is my favorite Madonna song. No, about any of that. And that 
Um, honestly, that's what you sh- she should have done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get that she did the uh, Medellin with Maluma as the first song to sort of introduce the era, but that second song that she put out should not have been an album cut. It should have been the biggest song on that record. Yep. I don't know what she's waiting for, but it, whatever she should have done, any she should never have released other album tracks before the biggest, the, whatever that biggest song is on that album should have been the next release after Medellin. Otherwise, it, it was it's been disappointing people. You know, like it would have been like if she put out. Uh, you know, like the Ray of Light era came out, and so she put out. But I see you can't even say that because Frozen people were so hooked right away on yeah. Frozen. But it would have been like if Ray of Light was coming out, and she put out like to have no. to have to. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what song of the album that like because there's a couple like album tracks that like never got out there, and but even still, some of those Ray of Light songs. They would they, they would have worked because they were yeah they would have they would have worked as singles. I was gonna say you'd be hard pressed to find a song on that album that you couldn't have led with, and people still wouldn't have loved it. So on Friday, Maluma's album Eleven Eleven came out, and Madonna was featured on one of the songs. I don't know who produced that track. I haven't really done a deep dive. I've only heard the song once, and it's utterly forgettable. And it is an album track if there ever was one. It should be hidden deep, deep in. Maluma's back catalog because it's just it just doesn't do anything with her and it doesn't do anything with him either so Medellin was obviously the correct way to go well now just to counter I've heard some people say that they liked Solterra better than Medellin so they can have it yeah I I listened to it and I, I I wasn't turned off by it I I don't know I mean I thought that she was used more prominently than I thought she was going to be. I, yeah, I was I surprised agree with that. at how involved she was in that. Like when it said featuring Madonna, I figured it would be another. Not I was going to call it champagne poppy. What's the what's Champagno the rosé? <laughs> that's it. Uh, I thought it was going to be another one of those where she was just like saying that little line, looping around and around and around, and that. But she was. She was auto-tuning up a storm in that song. Yeah. Well, you know, the less said about Sultana, the better. (laughs) So our next release is going to be on June 7th, and it's going to be the last release before the complete album comes out on June 14th. And this is going to be called Dark Ballet, which is not only only the name of one of the VIP packages for the Madame X tour, it is also... (sighs) What has been rumored to be a reworking of Beautiful Game, which was the first track from Madame X that was premiered, previewed, if you will, at the Met Ball in 2018. What do you think, Stefan? I'm excited to hear it. Um, it's nice that she's giving us a holiday for, mem- for Memorial Day. Actually, I need one. Weeks. She has put me through so much emotionally this week. I can't <sighs> handle another Madonna upset slash disappointment. Right, but is it just one week that we're not getting a track? It's it's this coming Friday, and then the following week we get another Madonna song, right? Oh no, actually we get two weeks off. Two weeks off. Yeah. Oh, so she's uh, 
That's right, kids. Yeah, you get two weeks off, so make sure you go deep, deep into Carly Rae Jepsen's new album. It's really good. Well, but you know, oh, I've heard it's good. I haven't listened to it. Is it really good? Yeah, it's really good. It's a bop. Okay, I'll, I'll check that out. Bop. I'll put it on and I'll walk around Paris. It'll make me feel good. I um, I we I assume we are going to get the Crave video. <laughs> between between now and then, uh, that's like, funny. I mean, I feel like that when that opportunity has already come and gone. What how, what is going? Uh, where is the Cray video? When you release the second single, I mean, she's teased that video so much, and then all of a sudden it was like, and now Eurovision, and, and now Eurovision, all of a sudden the, the Cray videos. It's like we didn't get the Cray video; we just got to see clips of it on Instagram. And the clips it. that I saw looked very promising. I didn't see any eye patches. I saw a really cute outfit. I saw. She, no, she has she has the eye patch in that video. I I, I know I've seen. Pictures of her, but I don't think she wears it throughout. I think it's correct. Yeah, and her styling is flawless. Yeah, she looks amazing. She's wearing that like I don't even know who makes it. Uh, She's wearing that hat. I I don't know. I just I want to see this video. The song. Yes, where is it, people? Why would you not release the video with the single? I just I don't get it. When stuff like that happens, I don't understand, and I almost wish that they'd like tell us why (laughs) it's not being released just to alleviate the stress about why we're not seeing it. You know, like, always saying, coming soon. I'm like, well, you said that about the album, and that was a year later. And Someone tell us something. I mean, I mean people love drop dates. Give us one. Yes. But, uh, yeah, video, I- video coming out May 31st. Or so. I don't, just give us a day. The surprise waiting, honestly, we, people have been calling her the queen of pop. She's the queen of teas. Yeah. Like, she has T. I'm so tired of Madonna teasing us. <laughs> I, 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 I'm hoping we get Crave this week or next week. I mean, we need something to hold us over. The video looks good. The song has grown on me. It's actually my favorite track off of the, you know, Madame X EP we've heard so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's good. I uh, I like that. Um, sorry, we. I didn't mean to gloss over Dark Ballet. I I I am looking forward to hearing Dark Ballet, but. My expectations for that song are so low because I do not believe it's going to be uh, uh, that anthemic dance song. Like, no. It, it, to, to me, the the clip that we heard of her performing at the Met Gala, it's okay. It's, it's going to be like some sort of trap type of song, slow and not upbeat and very if, if dark ballet is the title of the song, that just to me sounds like it's going to be like gloomy and depressing and very like mysterious and i i agree i i have no expectations other than it'll be like i rises a redhead stepchild you know yeah it'll just be something like okay now just uh, basically i just want the week for the album to come out because i just want to hear killers who are partying i that's all i want to hear from this album i'm sure that there's other gems waiting but if Killers Who Are Partying is the disco anthem that I've heard it's supposed to be. I just want to hear it now. Like I'm, luckily, that's my birthday weekend, so she's giving me a treat. Here's hoping. I mean, so far this album is starting to come across as like Cyber Raga, Act of Contrition, Shanti Ashtanji, you know, <laughs> being released as singles. That's how I'm kind of like... You know, every time something new comes out, I tell someone I'm perplexed, I'm confused, I'm baffled. But 
I, I really do hope, you know, like, I, as I've mentioned pretty much every week, you know, when the full album comes out and you listen to it from beginning to end, it comes across in a different kind of context. That's what I'm hoping for Madame X. I have faith in Madonna. I, I do feel she's super invested. I think her creativity is palpable, and I, I love the four songs that we've gotten, and I think maybe she's basically given us a, puzzle, a bunch of puzzle pieces, but she's not shown us the cover of the box, mm-hmm. so we don't know what the whole puzzle is going to look like. And we're trying to put it all together, but we can't really figure out where it is. And I guarantee you, when the album comes out, it will be amazing. And that's me telling myself, so that way I'm not on the ledge with you. about the album well let's look back at some of our top five live performances that we have seen with our very own eyes you know the performances that we were in the room for you know this will this will kind of talk us off the current ledge that we're on (laughs) because we can we can look back to a time where we were in the same room with madonna and she gave us a performance that we just you know couldn't live without Right, because I think it's helpful to, in in times of despair and great grief, which a lot of the Madonna fans are going through right now. Compare, compare, help, compare. <laughs> it is helpful to go back in time and remember those cherished moments that made you the Madonna fan you are and appreciate where she sort of got the, the name and title Queen of Pop. So yes, I, I agree. Let's let's look back at some of those previous um, and this so this can be one off performances that we might have caught or tour like and just like performances at a concert tour that she did that we loved. Absolutely. Or what I'm gonna start with is a performance I never thought that I'd see or even be a part of was in 2016, the night on Monday night before Election Day, Madonna did an impromptu concert at Washington Square Park. Yes. And you know she sang this was like bef- a this was before we knew each other, so I didn't yeah. I didn't know that you were there. I was there. I uh, you know I went home from work and it was confirmed that she was actually going to be there. And then from home, I took. A taxi gave the guy an extra twenty dollars, you know, just like in the movies, and told him to like, you know, floor it. Step on it. I told him I'm gonna see Madonna and I can't miss her, and he got really excited, and he's like, I'm gonna get you there, man, and he did, and I got there, and my best friend Michael and I, uh, we heard her sing like a prayer, but it was her performance of Rebel Heart, and hearing everyone sing along to a song that I didn't think was popular was a really great moment and yeah. I felt united with strangers in New York City um, my best friend and I were so happy and I could not wipe the smile off my face for 24 hours until we found out that oh, let's not talk about it yeah. no, no, politics no politics <laughs> so tell me about I mean would, would that would you say that would be one of your top five uh, Madonna performances that you saw live well so I loved that I got to see her at that, um, and I did too. Like I, when I found out she was going to be there, because she was like, again, Queen of Tees. Oh, I'm going to be somewhere performing the song, you know, the night before election day. And then it was literally like it, it 
popped out that she was going to be there. And I think I was in the middle of dinner and I literally just like threw the plates in the sink, threw whatever clothes on I could find and ran to the subway. And it was one of those like most amazing MTA moments I've ever had where like I was running down the stairs and the train was arriving at the exact moment I needed it to. And I hopped on the train. There was nothing stopping me. I got, got, got off at West Forth, ran from the subway and there was like the crowd had already assembled. Um, yeah. So I, got I, I wasn't able to get as close as I would have wanted to, but um, it was still, it's still I, was, I, I mean, that's, that, that was my whole thing too. It's like, this isn't as close as I want to be, but, I'm still a hundred feet away. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I, I, as I was standing there thinking, I was like, this is pretty cool that Madonna's acoustic guitar in the middle of Washington square park, you know, with a special appearance by David Banda. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, tell me about one of your favorite live performances that you were there for. Um, okay. Well, I, I would have to say probably one of the, I always go back to this performance as like probably one of the coolest Madonna moments I've ever had since of being a Madonna fan. It was seeing her at the Roxy nightclub in New York city, um, right before ray of light got released, uh, in 1998. She had, it was supposed to, I mean, again, this is like the internet was just sort of, bubbling up and becoming a thing and you know barely anybody had websites and whatnot so when secret performances were going to happen it was very word of mouth and i was listening to 1035 ktu uh, and one of the as one did at that time and i was at work and they were like oh we hear that there's going to be a, a, a special madonna performance on valentine's day and they're like, we, we don't, we can't confirm, but we heard it might be at the Roxy. And I remember calling the Roxy and I was like, now how am I going to find out if this performance is actually going to be there? They're not going to tell me. And so I just asked them cause it was like two weeks away. And I said, you know, I want to come to your club on Valentine's day. Do I have to buy tickets in advance? And they said, yes. And I knew exactly when they mm-hmm. said that it was two, I had to buy it two weeks in advance that she was going to be there. And you had to go in the club and buy tickets the week before. And as soon as they were giving me this this list of what you had to do, I'm like, of course she's going to be there. So you had to go the week before, get in the club, buy the tickets. And I just remember I was like 10 people away with one of my friends who was going to go with me. And, you know, this is back in the day before they had ATMs. We just thought we'd be able to use our credit card to purchase tickets. And the ticket window had cash only. And I mean, we literally didn't even have enough money for just one ticket, much less two. And in this fit of desperation thinking, Oh my God, I can't not see Madonna. Um, I turned to the guy behind me and I was like, sir, how much cash do you have? And he was like, he's like, why? And I thought, because this is like, a shakedown. I, yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't have enough money to buy one ticket. My friend and I, we just need two tickets. I was like, I've got my checkbook in coat check. I, I can write you a check right now. And this and that, blah blah. And he literally brings out his wallet, which was packed with money. I mean, he must have had like easily a thousand dollars in cash in his wallet. And he's like, how much do you need? And I'm like, well, it's, I think the tickets were 40 bucks a piece. And I was like, just $80. And he gives me and my friend $80. And I was like, oh, I'm like, I'll stay with you and write you a check. You can come with me. He's like, just mail it to me. And he gave me his address and literally was like, just putting faith in me that I would mail it, which I did the very next day. Um, but then 
we had to go back to Roxy the following week on Valentine's Day, and I was like, look, if I'm going to see Madonna up close in a nightclub, I am going to fucking see Madonna up close in a nightclub. Mm-hmm. So we got there like two hours before. We were literally like the first five people in the, they releasing in, let into the venue, and we ran up to the little um, catwalk that they had, and there we stood for five hours <laughs> waiting for Madonna to come on because you know, it, again, it still wasn't known that she was definitely going to come out. And Would the you night say just that kept... you were in a very small percentage of people in the space that knew she was going to be there? So there was the this, this small little stage and catwalk that they had set up, and there were, like, diehards lining that whole stage and catwalk area. But then the rest of the people at the nightclub were just there having their night out in a nightclub like everyone else does. But we would not move. I mean, I think we like did like one final bathroom break before it got like way too crowded. And like one of us would go and save the spot and then the other would go. And, but I mean, we weren't drinking. We weren't like no one, we weren't able to dance because we just had to hold our spot right up against uh, the security, you know, block. And finally at two o'clock in the morning, the lights went down and she came out. And again, it was still not confirmed that she was going to be there. And when she came out for that number, she had a veil over her head. So you couldn't see that it was her. And still people were like, Oh, it's just a drag queen dressing up as her, you know, like you still didn't believe when she comes on stage, you just didn't believe it was her in this super small venue. And then she took the veil off And the moment she did, every single person who was in that nightclub wanted to be exactly where me and my friend were. And all you did was feel the push from every, from the thousands of people that were in the club. I don't know how many thousands, was it hundreds? I don't know. What what was the capacity at Roxy? Like 1,500 people? I don't even know how many people fit in that club. That's generous, yeah. But all of a sudden you just felt the push of my friend was this small little this small little woman and me and the guy next to her, we locked arms around her and just with all of our strength pushed against the security fence so she wouldn't get crushed from the weight of all the people pushing us. Yep. Um, but Madonna sang three songs, believe it or not, we wait five hours for three songs. Okay, but which, um, which three songs? Very important. It was so she started with Shanti. And then she went into um, Skyfits. Oh, no, I'm wrong. She started with Skyfits Heaven, then she did Shanti, and then she finished with the 11 minute full version of Ray of Light, which you would have heard if you got the Ray of Light maxi single. It was like the William Orbit full version or like whatever it was. Yeah, I know. But um, yeah. she had, I mean, she looked amazing. She touched my hand at one point. Her face was like literally like two feet away from me. And I could see her crystal clear blue eyes staring right at me. And I heard her voice coming out of her mouth, not from the speakers, which was like, so now I'm like through the moon more than I'd already been. And, uh, you know, to just see her in such a super small venue, so close. Um, and hearing, 
songs we hadn't heard yet. I mean, the only song she had released was Frozen at that time. So every other song she was doing on stage, we had never heard before. Yeah, no one had ever heard it before, yeah. Yeah, and it was like, so she's singing Ray of Light, and I'm hearing it for the first time, and she does that super high note. Now, I swore she was singing live. Somebody else who I who was not there but said his friend was there said that the friend was saying she wasn't singing live. Now, I don't know. Maybe I was just so mesmerized by Madonna that I didn't realize she was doing such a good job at lip syncing. But I heard her singing when she was right in front of my face. So I just believed she was singing the whole time. Maybe it was a backing track. I have no idea. But um, <laughs> in my mind, she was singing live. And she sounded great. And uh, you know, she was talking to the crowd. And she was cursing up a storm. And you know, she was like, it feels so fucking good to be in a small club again. It's been like 20 years since I've been or something. I don't remember what she was saying at the time. But um, but yeah, that was probably hands down one of my most amazing one-off Madonna shows I've ever seen. That that is amazing. There's nothing like seeing her in a small venue. The, I saw the Hard Candy promotional show at Roseland. Which oh yes, I, I, did, I did as well. I wouldn't say that was the greatest show, but it was great to see her at the Roseland. Um, mm-hmm. It was great. I mean, I always like seeing Candy Shop, which is featured in every tour after Hard Candy. Yes. So that was fun. Uh, Give It To Me and music were fun that night, too. I won't say that I have a favorite performance from that night, but I will say that even The Devil Wouldn't Recognize You from the Sticky and Sweet tour that I saw in Atlantic City, I love that performance. I think it's beautiful. I think it's well-staged. I think her voice sounds good. And I love the the dance breakdown at the end. And I I still watch it and I still listen to it, uh, you know, because it's... It's available. Another mm-hmm. line track. Another one that I really love is Lo que siente la mujer, the Spanish version of What It Feels Like for a Girl That Was in Drowned World. Mm, that was so good. That's so good. What a huge surprise. Um, not only to see her come out in full on Gautier, the first time since Blonde Ambition. And then to sing this song in Spanish, I mean, my heart exploded. The performance of uh, La Isla Bonita that came before it was actually really good, too. So I could kind of, you know, add those two as, you know, kind of like a, a, a mix or a medley. But I just thought that was amazing. And it was and it was a remix, too. So it sounded it sounded different from the album track. And I do believe that it was released as a studio cut and as a B-side to one of those uh, 12-inch uh, remixes, uh, CD singles, or whatever. It was good. I love that version. I thought that version. Um, I like the beat that it had, and she sounded beautiful singing it. Yeah, and it looked beautiful too. I mean, she, you know, like, and it was such a simple performance. There wasn't much like bombast and no. craziness to it. It, it was just sort of like it didn't need any more. It was it was exactly what it was. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, my I think this is my all-time favorite Madonna performance that I've seen live is Keep It Together from Blonde Ambition. Just, uh, no, 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 not Blonde Ambition. Oh, Keep It Together. I'm thinking together Get Together. I like, Get Together. That was not in Blonde Ambition. No, and why would Get Together be anyone's favorite live performance? <laughs> Stop that right now. I love that performance. No, it's really good. It's it's good considering we did not get a video for it. Wow. At least the video we, that we liked. We did, but it was not a it was not a proper video. Not a proper video. And let's hope the same doesn't happen for uh Crave, right? Isn't there 
I swear I had seen an animated version of Crave somewhere. Someone had leaked it, and I was like, if this is what they do to this video with all of that gorgeous styling and how beautiful she looks, I would be livid. Yeah, I'm going on strike again. You know, I was on strike <laughs> You're back out on Friday, lunch. and I could, I could do that again. You know, don't cross my picket. <laughs> <laughs> So tell oh, me, geez. tell me what 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 else did you uh, did you see live that you loved? Oh, so uh, well, okay. I would have to say one another super cool live performance that I was able to see was her perform uh, "Don't Tell Me" on David Letterman. Oh, did you go? I got to go. I it was one of those magical Madonna moments that I've had in my in my fandom where I requested tickets for Letterman and I think the Letterman show used to say give us three dates and then and we'll see if we can accommodate and I just put down the same date that I knew she was going to be there for so I just put all three dates was the same date and they what they but in order to get those tickets you they they would call you and you would have to answer a trivia question about the show so like that way they were sort of like making sure that only fans of the show would actually get tickets. So what was and the question? They asked me to like, so the announcer of the love, the David Letterman late show, I forget what his name was, but they were like, what is the color of his hair? And I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm like racking my brain to like picture what he looks like. And I'm like, I was going to say blonde, and I was like, and so I'm like talking to the woman, I'm like hemming and hawing, trying to think of like, bring a mental picture of stuff. And what, what's the mental picture of this person look like? And I was like, I, I think I want to say blonde, but I'm like, no, it's red. Oh, so it just like, it just hit me. I was like, no, his hair is red. And she's like, you're right. And I was like, and so I got, I got tickets to go. And so me and my friend went and we were like third row in, in the, in the, the, the little theater that Dave Letterman had. And I mean, the theater's small to begin with, and so the fact that we were third row, I mean, she was super close. Um, what was cool about that, and of course, you know, you can queue up the video and see. I love that performance. It's the very first time she ever plays guitar live in front of an audience. I remember that, she, because he sets it up for her, and she's really nervous about it. Oh, she, you, so she doesn't even take her eyes off of her hands. It's she's like, so nervous. Yeah, it's like her sitting down in a chair with a guitar, and yet, like you say, not looking up at all, poor thing. It's very, it's so sweet it was to like see how focused she is, because she had just basically, I mean, well, she had, um, what's her guitar instructor's name? Was it Bobby uh, Pittman? Yes, Monty, right. So Monty was on with her, and he, he was the one who, I mean, they had just started working together mm-hmm. a couple months before, and he was, so it was sweet that she brought him on, and he's playing with her, And but yeah, if you go back and look at that performance, she does not have eye contact with the audience at all, no. which I think is so fun to now see her, if you look at her playing guitar on, on, at Rebel Heart when she's jamming away on Burning Up, she doesn't look at the guitar. I mean, she looks at it, I think, when she first starts, just to make sure she has, you know, she has her hands in the right spot. And then she's looking at the audience the rest of the time. You know, I mean, she's eye contact and biting people's fingers and doing all that stuff. But, like, yeah, don't tell me. It's like, 
and she sounded it was very sweet little acoustic rendition of that song and i loved her little elvis outfit that she was wearing and she had a lot um, of humility in that interview and i've not seen her have too much of that especially on letterman yeah like you say it was very sweet and it was very uh she's she's very approachable it was like a new kinder gentler madonna you know yeah and it was just it was just fun to sort of see her in such a a different environment, you know, like to be able to see uh, her on a talk show and then have that performance. I thought, I thought that was great. Um, and then, all right. So I, I won't say get together from confessions is one of my favorite live performances, but it is. I, I, I do have to say, I love, I love that. Um, actually, I'm going to say I'm grouping all three of these together, uh, get together from confessions. Nobody knows me from reinvention. Yes. And, and President's Dent from Drowned World Tour. Those three songs are what I sort of want from uh, from Madame X album. I want a get-together or a Nobody Knows Me or an President's Dent. One of those songs that I just want on Madame X, I want a song to just slap me, make me her bitch, you know, like just bend me over, slap my ass, you know, like, Show me who's boss. That's that's what I want from the Madame X album. But not so in the girl gone wild kind of way. Correct. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, but so then I I will say probably maybe my other sort of cool Madonna performance, and this is going to be the only non-musical uh, moment that I mention. I had the privilege to see her at the MDNA skincare launch at Barney's New York. And, um, <laughs> I performance. He, oh, it, totally. She was totally on during that entire time. Um, she was pretty far away in the like makeup area. Um, but she did have this one moment where she came across, she was just literally across the jewelry counter from me. Um, I have a great video and pictures. Um, and, she, you know, asks the crowd, who wants to buy me a diamond? And she's engaging. She was basically just asking uh, for a volunteer to, who wants to get a facial? And she was going to do a facial for somebody. And this was literally only a couple of months after I had danced on stage with her. Did so she recognize you? I, I decided, no, she, no, everyone asked that. They're like, oh, did she recognize you? I'm like, no, she did, she did not. Uh, well, and I, 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 she I usually you say, with Rose Mist? I usually say she didn't recognize me because when I was dancing with her, I was wearing a hat and I did not have a hat on when I was at the Barney's store. So that's why she didn't that's recognize why, me. Yeah. Otherwise she would have known. Um, but yeah, it was obviously, but when she asked for a volunteer nor in, in the past, I would have been like, Oh, me, 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 pick me. Pick. But because I had just danced on stage with her, I was like, let somebody else have fun. And so I, I didn't even try. Aren't you um, generous? <laughs> yeah, I'm so kind. I'm such a giving Madonna fan. But, uh... Well, see, it, you know, good karma pays off. Now you're going to the Madame X show, you know? Yes, there we there we go. You, you give back and then you shall receive. So, um, go, go pet a puppy or, you know, feed a baby or, you know, plant a, a, a daffodil. Do something kind to the world and then yeah. maybe you're... Not you specifically, Tony, but... Oh, no, that's um, why. That's exactly why I didn't get uh, selected for tickets for Madame X, because I've been a terrible person and an even worse Madonna fan. You were, oh, because <laughs> you were stomping through flowers in, I, in, the, in the park and whatnot? Exactly, yes. I, I, was, in, I was in a Dwayne Reed, and uh, causing a commotion came on, and I spit on the floor and walked out. <laughs> <laughs> you, stole, you stole a Twix bar and ran out of the store. Exactly. <laughs> 
Well, Stefan, um, I look forward to our next recording live in New York, but enjoy your trip to Europe, and I hope that you have many more Madonna moments while you're there. Thank you. I do. I will. Uh, I'll let you know if any. Uh, if I if there's any like big Madonna sighting moments, or uh, I don't think she's coming to Paris anytime soon. Or but, what about some like you know Madam X uh, advertising? Uh, I keep looking. Yeah, I haven't seen any yet. I. I, I I heard that they, they have posters up for, because they just confirmed the dates for her Paris show, so I'm, I'm good. maybe I'll try and track those down before I leave. Go to the theater. Go to the Rex Theater. They're probably plastered all over the place over there. Oh, they have to be. Yeah, they have to be. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Um, let us know how we're doing. Give us some thoughts, tips, suggestions. Check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. Like and subscribe. Rate and review. Visit our website, www.mlbcpodcast.com. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. See ya.